I tried to do tried to do a Stephen Stephen Piercy. Uh, that's hard to do. He has a very it unique is. voice. Nobody sounds like Stephen Piercy that I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I, I'm tr- I'm trying to wrap my head around it how to approach the vocal style style, but it's like it's kind of if if, if Dave Mustaine was like pitched up, had a little bit of helium in there, but not too much. But he was also kind of more effeminate. I don't know how to. <laughs> I like. I don't know how to sorry, describe sorry, it, Mr. Piercy. We, we, we don't. We don't mean effeminate. No. Nah. Um, anyway, that, this has got to be the first time we've ever jumped right into talking about a band before we even did the intro. Yeah, I've I've made some enemies already. <laughs> um, oh, so yes. I lo- jokes aside, I love Stephen Piercy's vocal style. I think it's very unique and me, it fits me. the band completely. Me too. This is going to be a fun episode. This, if for those of you who are new, this show is called actually called Cranked and Ranked. It's not just yeah. a show about rat, um, although today's show is about rat um, with two T's. I thought um, we were quiet riot. You ever <laughs> seen that scene from Simpsons? Where, no. Like, <laughs> there's like a, they're, they're like interviewing a, a clearly a glam band, but it's like the late nineties at this point, and they're like <laughs> they lean over the drum kit. And they say, "Hey, which one are we again?" We're not white snake. We're poison. Says on the drum here, we're rat. <laughs> it's so funny. Just taking the piss out of it completely. Interesting. Um, yeah, cranked and ranked is the name of the show, ladies and gentlemen. And it welcome to a, another episode of cranked and ranked. Another episode <laughs> that clearly is going to be tangent filled again. That's just going to be our our normal um, way of working. That's the um, appeal. We we let the I've, some people enjoy the tangents I think more than the actual um, artist we're talking about. So probably in this case, <laughs> many people because I um, I feel like a lot of people um, are are on board with like the thrash and death and other stuff like that. But then we yeah. get to the to the glammy stuff, and I feel like some people probably uh, tune in just uh, for our nonsense. <laughs> um, but yes, cranked and ranked. We uh, we rank artist discographies and other type shit. Um, today is the discography of Rat, the uh, quintessential '80s hard rock band. I would say I don't know that maybe they're not. There's you can make arguments for other bands that I think uh, sum up '80s hard rock better, but uh, but they're they're certainly my favorite of the era. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think so. Yes, go go ahead. I was just gonna say I've heard it described before that they have the perfect sugar to dirt ratio. Like, yeah, they never go too heavy. They never go too soft, but they have that perfect balance of what you need for something to be considered good hair metal. So, yeah. 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 And, uh, and, uh, as we'll, as we'll get into later, um, they also didn't do things like all of a sudden seem like they were jumping on trends. Uh, no. they just did rat. So that's why, and that's why, I th- <laughs> that's why I know a lot of people, um, when I said, you know, quintessential 80s hard rock band, a lot of people would probably say Motley Crue. And I'm like, well, for a couple albums, they did pretty well. But then they started doing this thing where they were like, well, what's cool? 
Oh, we should be yeah. more glammy. Let's be more glammy now. Oh, mm. oh, now we need to ride motorcycles. Let's ride motorcycles now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we're not. We did. Now we need Crew, to be sober. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that no fun at all. Yeah, uh, we did Motley Crew like years ago. So uh, go. That find was like that. episode two. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, as usual, uh, here to guide you through this uh, journey is me, your your lovely uh, host, uh, Stephen, a.k.a. Oldhead. And with me, as always, the guy that brings all of the soul glow to uh, Cranked and Ranked, uh, Mr. Eddie Sparks. What's that? <laughs> also bringing a, a, a killer T-shirt today. For those of you who are in podcast land, um, he is wearing a, uh, a Ride the Lightning T-shirt, but it's it's white. And that even seems more thrash. Like that's oh, and it's got the electric electric chair guy on the back. Like it's a great shirt. But like for some reason, like wearing a white t-shirt, like that seems more thrash than a black I, t-shirt. I had a real white t-shirt thing the last couple years because I looked in my wardrobe and I thought to myself, I've seen a lot of like eighties photos of bands, and there are there is a startling presence of a lot more white shirts. Yeah. than there are these days you know it's very it's very cool to turn around and say the only color i wear is black yeah and now it's and i'm kind of like well what if i want to go outside in the summer and i don't want to be wearing black all the time well you know what you you, you um, are lucky enough to be one of those people who is uh thin and so uh, you can get away with wearing uh, white I, I, t-shirts. <laughs> I did. I didn't used to be. <laughs> so uh, so those of us who are chunky, um, white white's bad. White is bad. Any color <laughs> is bad news. That's the one, that's the biggest reason why I wear black. Like I think I look good in black, but it's mostly just you know what makes the love handles not pop out quite so much. Um, and that's that's black. But you are you are true. You're right that like with with thrash metal, you see a lot of white shirts, a lot of white shoes. Also, mm. that's a, and I got that shit going on. That's the one thing. Is it like some, you'll see me like if I, my going out outfit is yeah. black shirt, black jeans, white, uh, Adidas high tops. Like yeah. that's, that's my, uh, that's, uh, that's my uniform at this point. Or, or if it's <laughs> during the summer, then I'm wearing some sort of colored vans. That's kind of yeah. my, uh, my thing. But, um, but you know what? We're not talking about any of those bands because those bands hated shit like the band that we are, uh, uh, going to yes. talk about today, and the the really interesting thing to me, I'm glad that we're already on this because you because you know you hear from bands, you know Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, all those bands, they they hated like Motley Crue, Rat, all these bands. But the funny th the thing that was always funny to me is that these thrash I'm not going to name any names, but these thrash metal people, um, some of which seemed like they were complete jerks, but I, I love thrash metal. <laughs> But they would see somebody with their hair teased up wearing like a poison t-shirt or something, and they would call him a poser. But I'm like, they're not pretending not to like poison. Yeah. They're being completely <laughs> honest. Like, <laughs> if you're wanting to beat them up because you can't handle the shit that they're into, that seems like you're more of a poser. Yeah. <laughs> really. Like, that's like, do doth protest too much. Like, do you have that poison album at home, Paul Bailoff? I bet you probably do. Even um, even <laughs> Gary Holt has said that thrash kids would go to poison shows because that's where the girls were. And yeah, yeah. like 
you know. And they wrote catchy ass fucking songs. And in the they and did. in and in in the on the subject of rat, we're tra- we're talking about today. They had fucking riffs. Yes, riffs for mm-hmm. days. So let's let without further ado, let's jump into it the way we normally do, which is where uh, were you introduced to rat? And um, for me, I have a very clear memory. Um, this was, I believe, in 1986, I think. I might be getting the year wrong, but I think it was 86. Um, I went with my parents to see a movie called The Golden Child with uh, Eddie Murphy. Yep. And um, um, I was a huge, I still am a huge Eddie Murphy fan. And there's a scene in the movie where they go, they they sneak into this like biker house to like uh, I don't know I don't remember why they're there um uh, uh apparently they're just there so homegirl's shirt can get wet and you can almost see your titties that that's that <laughs> seems like the real reason why they're there but there's a song playing and I remember like thinking to myself like this is fucking great what is this <laughs> and so I asked my mom like hey can we go to the record store and I'm, I'll pick up the sound because back then like if a movie came out you guarantee fucking teed you could go to the record store and there's a soundtrack for it waiting for you there um, yeah. Some of them great, some of them not so good. But the Golden Child soundtrack had some okay stuff, but it had the song Body Talk by Rat. And I was just like, this is the one of the coolest things I ever heard. And this was around the time that I, I was already kind of getting into uh, Bon Jovi and Cinderella. And uh, I was already into Van Halen, but I was getting into like the, the 80s hard rock, the popular shit. Mm. Um, and so I heard this. And I was just like, this, this fuck, this band fucking rules. Um, and so that was, that was, uh, that was my introduction to rat. And I, and honestly, I was, I, ne- I didn't become like a huge fan. I was more like a, a song fan of rat for a little while. Um, it took me a long time to finally get around to be like, oh, I should listen to like their whole albums and stuff. I don't know why they were a band that I didn't grasp onto, but once I did, I was just yeah. like, what this is like some solid fucking shit from beginning to end. <laughs> so yeah, that was my beginning way back way back in the 80s. How about you? See, for me, I think Rat was one of those bands where like I was getting into hair metal, like that sort of 80s hard rock stuff and yeah. they were just one of those bands that you know is you have to you know check them out. They're one of the big ones. Uh but the big thing that stood out to me was like I asked for a rat album for Christmas, but it turns out I didn't realize at the time that there was uh, those like five album CD packs you can get that yeah. are like super handy. And I actually got, you know, that they're actually really good value. <laughs> Probably steal some money from the artist. I have to be honest, but I actually, I like the ones that they do where they actually, the CDs are in slips that look like album covers. Have you yeah, ever those, seen those? Those are the ones. Yeah. yeah. I like those. I don't yes. collect CDs, but if I did, that was that'd be the way that I do it. See, that was like just before I got really into collecting vinyl, because I was like, if I get a CD, I can have a physical copy, but also rip it to my iPod really easily. Got yeah. an iPod at the at the time. Wow, <laughs> I'm old. Um. <laughs> There's a part of me that misses my old iPod because mm. there there was something about like you know you had a limit to the songs that you could put on there. Um, and, and it was, all it was, was like the little wheel and everything was in black and white. Like the first one that I had, it was a gray yeah. one. and I, and it, but it was pretty, it was a paperweight. Like it was before they made the thinner ones Yeah, it was a little bit thicker. 
But there's a part of me that goes, that was kind of cool. Because it was almost like back in the day, you know, you I, I, you probably didn't go through this, but back in the day you would buy these big CD cases. And I knew a lot of friends who had these ones that could hold like 200 CDs, but I was like, that's I don't want to carry that around with me. So I always had the one that held like 50. So I always yeah. had to be like, what are the 50 albums I want to have with me at all times? And I would, oh, I would those, always... The ones you uh, put in the car, yeah, with the little yeah. slips. Yeah, yeah. I had, but I, I would, got two of those. But I would always, I would always like change it up every, almost every day. And yeah. I was such a nerd about it that once I decided to get rid of stuff, everything else had to be arranged in alphabetical order. So if I wanted mm. to find it, I knew like where to go. So I was constantly just like taking CDs out, but I was also that dude that put the CD slip in front of it. So it wasn't yeah. just CDs in there. Cause I, I always imagine like being in a scenario at somebody's house where they're like, Oh, what, what, what CDs you have? Oh, well, I have these. You could look at the liner notes if you want. And I, but nobody ever cared. It was just me, <laughs> it was just me having the, the CD liner notes in there with me. Anyway, but it was there. It was, it was there. It was. So it was. just in case, mm. You find someone equally as nerdy like me, yeah. I'd be like, "No way, <laughs> Bo uh, Hill produced this." No, no, I all of the the people that I knew for the most part were the dudes that had the two hundred CD things, and most of them were burned CDs where they had forgotten to write stuff oh, on them. This yeah. was later on when that started happening, where people would have burned CDs, and I was like, well, "What is on this?" Well, I don't know. I'm like, well, why is it in here? <laughs> like this, this, this like triggers my OCD. Like, why is this blank thing in here? Like, get it out of here. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, so you got you got the you got the the five album collection of Rat. Like, so that was out of the cellar through Detonator. Were in there? Yeah, yeah. So it's the first five um, LPs that they That's had. A good set. It is a good set because I remember listening through them and i was thinking fuck man these are all really good like the vibe differs slightly from album to album like that there is a distinctive rat sound and it's on all of them yeah but like each one has like a slightly different uh for want of a better word ear flavor to it <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah if i remember right Round and Round is on the soundtrack for Vice City Stories, but this is actually one of those times where Grand Theft Auto was not the driving factor in me getting into a band. Well, there you go. Sorry, yeah. sorry, uh, Rockstar Games. Is that who does it? Rockstar Games? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Rockstar <laughs> Games. Today, you're not going to get the props that you normally yeah. get. <laughs> Original album series wins this round. Yeah. Um, and I, and and I'm clearly, I'm a big fan for those of you listening in podcast world. You can't see that I have, um, the first five albums behind me in vinyl and the first, uh, EP as well. Um, and honestly, the, this album right here, this Mm -hmm. is what started my vinyl collection. Wow. Uh, That's the first one you got out of the cellar. But this is, but this, you have to remember this is recent because I had a whole lot of records when I was younger, sold all of them. Oh, and then I don't know how many years it's been now, six or seven years now that I've been collecting vinyl. But the only reason I started, I I had no interest in collecting vinyl or I didn't know that I did. And so I I went to a record store with a friend of mine and I was just like, okay, well, I'm just, I'll look through the records. And I found out of the cellar, a really good quality copy of it, original from the eighties. And they were selling it for like $10. 
because this was like like a real hipster record store, so they didn't give two shits about rap, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah. so so I so I so I literally went. I just bought it, and my friends all like, "Well, you don't have a record player." I'm like, "I guess I'm getting one," hmm. and um, and so it was you know within. I think it was later that day I went. And to to fuck, I don't remember where I went. Fries, I think. I don't know if they have fries there. Fries is like an electronic store here. Um, that's not real. Doesn't do. really doesn't really exist a lot anymore. I think there might be <laughs> one in Austin, but um, I bought like the cheapest Audio Technica that um, I could find just to like make sure I wanted to do this. And very quickly, I think I upgraded from that within a month because I was just like, mm. nope. I want to, I want this, I, I want to do this now. And then the rest is history and all my money has now gone into records, uh, because of rat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go anyway. But, but yeah, so we're, we're but we're not going to be talking about the EP cause we're actually only going to be doing the seven full length studio albums from rat. Um, and, uh, I mean, we could talk about the EP, but I mean, you know, um, main thing, main thing I wanted to ask is, uh, I know that the girl on the front of Out of the Cellar is uh, Tawny Kitane, who yeah. would go on to be David Coverdale's wife, now ex-wife, now on and, and also, didn't she also date somebody from Motley Crue and Poison? Like, didn't she made the rounds, if I remember right? I, I gotta be honest, if you appeared on the cover, there's probably uh <laughs> there's a chance uh, yeah. that some shenanigans went down and rat not not, yeah. not naming any names <laughs> but what, what was your question is who's on the cover of the ep i was gonna say is is that tawny's legs i've heard I, some people say it's hers but i've heard know. it is hers too but i don't know for sure yeah. Um, it, honestly, it's one of the worst album covers i think i've ever seen because it's so <laughs> just like it's so just yeah. like what's what's the band name Rat? Cool. Uh, so you guys want things kind of sexy, right? Well, here's some legs with some rats on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they even are they even rats? They look more like mice from here. They're, like, they're, yeah, they're probably mice. I don't know. Yeah. But they, that, that makes it even funnier. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I've never wanted to be close <laughs> enough to tell the difference between a rat and a mouse. I just know that I don't want either one of them around me because they see what. What you don't see, what you don't see is because it's cut off like at her thigh is the fact that up top she's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. like looking down at these, these Probably. fucking rats, dude. <laughs> um, and that's a great EP. But yeah, we're sticking to the full length studio albums, ranking them from uh, what we think is the least good to the most good. Um, and be because I, because I, I don't I don't I like all the rat albums. Um, yeah. And I actually did a ranking, my own ranking, a couple years ago. Uh, but sent, my ranking has changed since then. Oh, um, so uh, yeah. So let's get let's just fucking jump into it as usual. Um, I throw it over to uh, Eddie Sparks to uh, start us off with uh, his number seven Rat album. Cool. So my number seven Rat album is the nineteen ninety nine self titled rat album called rat, rat. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with the ep called rat this is the mm. album called rat yes uh it's the first album in almost a decade and it's the first uh not to feature longtime guitarist robin crosby or bassist juan crucia uh the band trimmed down to a four piece with just uh demartini on guitars, Warren Demartini, 
um, mm -hmm. and Robbie Crane on bass. Uh, again, this is this is a case of uh, much like the recent um, Judas Priest controversy that came up, where they were like, "Oh, we're gonna come back for a 50th anniversary, but uh, we're only gonna use one guitar." Where it's like having two guitars was a massive part of their sound. I, I so think. Like, I think I just read that they've gone back from that now. Yeah, I saw that this morning as well. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Yeah, what were we thinking? But uh, it's a, the, the guitar player is fucking Andy Sneeb, who was in. God damn it! He's in a. He was in a classic UK thrash metal band back in the day, and now he's a. Now he does a lot of production work. Yeah. Um, which one was he in? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway, sorry, I'm gonna lose my <laughs> my UK thrash metal card right you there. You lose a patch I, for that one because <laughs> I couldn't remember the band name that he of the band he was in, but he was in one of them. <laughs> um, well, basically, I went into this album thinking I was gonna get something, and I did. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my notes. I kind of wrote them as I was listening to the album. Had so you this, heard it before this? This was a first time listen. Okay, okay. And I, you know, granted, it could be one of those nineties grower albums, but these are my these are my initial thoughts. So uh yeah. I haven't sat with this album for very long. I've given it like a couple goes around, but yeah. uh yeah, over the edge. I did go into this album expecting something pretty sleazy but this was a pleasant surprise you know this song sounds promising not 80s level but in terms of like a late 90s release from a hair band it's an enjoyable rootsy hard rock song yeah live live for today is like the spirit of the band is in the song's lyrics but the music is your typical late 90s hard rock comeback track uh gave up given up is this sleazy groover with a light dashing of Zeppelin and alternative rock. Uh, we don't belong track four ballad time, you know, kind of psychedelic at points. You can hear a little bit of post grunge in this album, but everyone was doing that at this stage. Um, yeah, nobody was, yeah. no one was immune to it. Well, um, I mean, no, no new bands were doing it. It was only old bands that were still throwing in bits of grunge. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Oh man, um, Breakout is this kind of rocking track, but to be honest, like this isn't the worst sounding this kind of album from this era. But again, this sort of drier production doesn't suit this music, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Tug of War is this deceptively ballady opening, which goes into a hard rock song, and then Dead Reckoning. Again, this album kind of showcases how like all the glam bands kind of missed the point with their comebacks in a way. Like, sure, what they were writing had the sleazy hard rock feel, but they, they didn't go all in with it, with, like, the big production that they used to have. Like, this, ironically, is one of the album's better-sounding tracks, but it really highlighted to me what's missing from a lot of albums during this time. Like, mm -hmm. if everything was just that tad bit wetter on the verb, uh, it would just be... It would probably elevate this album like two more points out of ten, you know? Yeah. But they didn't they were still you can tell that they were still a little bit um you know, reluctant to embrace what made them so stadium like, 
You well, know? I think I think at this point nobody else was embracing that sound either because it, that's because what I'm if, going. Yeah, if, I mean, if you yeah, if you remember, like it wasn't until the early two thousands that all of a sudden there seemed to be like a second wind where all of a sudden people wanted to go to these eighties band revival kind of tours. Yeah, but it, but the late nineties it was like you 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 were supposed to bash that music, and so all yeah. these bands were just like, well, what do we do? You know, we so we still want to make music. You know, it's so they they a lot of it was them probably second guessing themselves in the songwriting and in the production. Yeah, and and it kind of shows in in this album. Um, you got love love sick. This song is a bit of a tune. I have to admit, I do I did like this one. Um, it ain't easy. This has what I would consider a, a Tom Petty kind of feel. I know I mentioned a Tom Petty reference last time, but yeah. That there is a certain uh, vibe to it. Um, all the way, meh. <laughs> uh, so so good, so fine is a up tempo driving rocker. You know, I, I got to be honest. I expected something with this album, and I got it. It's another late nineties comeback record that suffers from the same thing many late nineties comeback records suffer from. It it doesn't commit hard enough to what made people like you in the first place you know yeah. you you listen to something like this and you think okay they're playing hard rock music and this is pretty cool but then you listen to something like you're in love and you're like fuck yeah yeah party <laughs> um like it's subdued it was, late. it's the it's the <laughs> difference between writing a song using your brain and writing a song using your dick like yeah <laughs> straight up straight up yep <laughs> like it, it's subdued 90s production late 90s production is at odds with what the band is known for and that's mm -hmm. uh big fucking glam metal for stadiums uh you know it, it, barring perhaps a couple of tracks this album to me is is sonically boring as brutal as that sounds it's not one of likely revisit compared to the rest of their catalog but mm -hmm. you know that's just solely based on the absolute benchmarks of 80s rock that they set you know yeah but yeah yeah so that is my number seven yeah um it's also my number seven um i'm not even gonna fuck around because i'm pretty sure it's probably everybody's number seven <laughs> it's uh <laughs> but i have to say that i i in the past i was more harsh on this album because mm -hmm. Comparatively speaking, it is the blandest thing they did. Um, and I don't, I always kind of was annoyed at the attempt to sound 90s ish that when any band did it. So, some bands yeah. were able to pull it off and make it at, le at least a, a kind of enjoyable album. And, th and this, I guess, half of this album is enjoyable for me, but it, d it does feel pretty bland and uninspired. Or, like I said, them second guessing themselves. And so maybe they didn't put, all of what they wanted into the album yeah. or, or I mean, or maybe they just weren't feeling it. I, I don't know. Um, but I, it's funny that you said the word meh because like that's, I wrote that in my notes because <laughs> a lot of the songs to me have really cool parts and then they lead into meh parts. So the song kind of falls apart where you go, Oh, yeah. uh. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's uh, the, the rat edge is mostly gone. Um, and, and, and unfortunately that just kind of leaves a generic rock band with an amazing guitar player. Cause let's, let's be honest. Warren Martini is amazing on yeah. anything. 
he elevates <laughs> anything. So if he wasn't on this album, this would be even more forgettable. But at least occasionally you hear some of what makes him great on this album. But the big thing for me, like with you, is the dry. It almost like if you compare if you listen to this album right after like, you know, Reach for the Sky, this sounds like a demo. Yeah, that, it does. That was was intended to go into the studio later on and be recorded. But so many bands did that because I feel like that's what that's what everybody thought they needed to do. And I hated it back then. Like there were some yeah. bands that the dry production benefited their sound, but there were other bands I'm always like, why do you gotta do this? Like who yeah. I was like, and, and I was a young person. I'm like, who are you catering to? Like who yeah. who is demanding this dry production? You're and actively making yourself sound worse. Why? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah what's the fucking point? Um <laughs> But yeah, this album is not awful. Like listening to it, I've I've listened to it several times over the years. But I have to say now, like to me, it's 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 nowhere near great. But mm. it has its moments, um, and uh, some you know some standout parts here and there. But it, it, maybe maybe you get a little glimpse of the rat that you love, like here and there. But mm. it's not enough, um, and so it ends up being a really disappointing album, and and in turn becomes the rat album that you'll never go to because they've got yeah. six other albums that you would go to before this one. And so, um, yeah, it's okay. It's just, you know, it's, it's their worst. And so it's uh, also my number seven. Cool. So with, with that one out of the way, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hop into my number six. Here's now, where I think no- it's, I think this could get interesting here. Cause I honestly, I've got what I've got a couple of, uh, of controversial placements. Oh, but, um, but I, but you know, coming at it from your angle, like I'm, I'm really interested to, to know like from here on where, where everything stands. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's dive in, dive into the interesting, interesting shit. Let's go. Uh, my number six is 2010's infestation. Okay. This is a, this is a good album. Like, like this is their first album in over a decade, and it features um, Carlos Cavazo from mm-hmm. Quiet Riot filling yep. in the spot of late guitarist Robin Crosby. Rest in peace. Um, you know, when I heard Eat Me Up Alive, I was like, was this like a song they just forgot to record for an <laughs> 80s album? Because it has that rat thing that makes them, what, we love about them you know yeah that the riff in that is mean the songwriting is slightly more modern but the production this time around does still put an emphasis on sounding big and chunky albeit with a modern sound the guitar solo at points legit took me back to the 80s i forgot i was listening to something from 2010 yeah like warren demartini's got this such an identifiable sound that just takes you right back to the mid 80s and it's fucking rad um best of me i'm sold they've captured it sure the production overall has a few hallmarks of the late 2000s early 10s loudness war stuff but the reverb heavy emphasis on a stadium sound is there and the songs are there this time around too even if it is a bit a, a little bit brick walled at points um a little too much <laughs> funny uh the guitars on this record are soaring 
awesome stuff. Look out below. It's got some stripper riffage on it. Me likey. Uh, <laughs> uh, la- Last Call is a upbeat, bad boy racer kind of song. Lost Weekend. Now, w- when Lost Weekend came on, I was like, yes, yes, rock, rock, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like Beavis. But um, as good as it gets, it is a bit more bluesy, but still big. Uh, Garden of Eden's a cool track. Take a big bite is quite a heavy one. Take me home is this ballad-ish kind of thing. Don't let go. It wouldn't be a true 80s throwback without a flange effect snare drum fill closer. Fucking love that. Um the, like this right here is the album that they should have come back with in the first place. Yeah. This this one, they're like, ah, okay. We're allowed to be 80s again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, th- like, this album feels like the next logical step from Detonator, even if that logical step took 20 years with a kind of shit sandwich situation in the middle. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's a more modern take on their sound, but, you know, everything that made Rat the great stadium band of the 80s performance-wise is here. Um, even if they didn't have the absolute fucking chad that was robin crosby yeah but yeah yeah so yeah that is uh my number six infestation and also also my number six so we're Mm. (laughs) so we're getting these recent albums out of the way um (laughs) so yeah i yeah i agree with everything you said my my biggest gripe about this album is the production because it's brick walled and it's over compressed but that's just a thing that so many bands did yeah, and I hate it because it just makes it just sounds awful. It's like one it's of those claustrophobic. Things you, you can't turn it up in your headphones too loud because you're just like, oh, this is, it's not. It doesn't work that way. Mm. So uh, I love the open production of like their first like four albums. Just like those are things that just sound good cranked way the fuck up. I guess even Detonator probably has that a little bit of that too. Yeah, but Infestation like the big thing like the attitude is back. Um, the, the ratitude, <laughs> ratitude. Yes. <laughs> um, and the riffs are back. Warren Martini pulling out the riffs. Um, so I don't, I'm no, um, I know I, I don't really know when it comes to like the riff writing, how big of a hand Robin Crosby had in that. I don't know if it was all Warren cause coming out of Robin's mouth, he always seemed like a dude that was like, yeah, Warren, you know, lays down the licks and I'm kind of behind him just backing him up. But I'm all like, is he selling himself kind of short? Like, did he come up with some cool riffs too? And 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 he's given Warren all the credit or something, you know? I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. Robin Crosby was the fucking eye candy of that band. He could have he could have played wrong notes and nobody would care. Cause they would immediately turn around and be like, hey. If I complain at him, he's gonna steal my fucking girl. Yeah. So what? Cause what? What is? What is sexier than a really good-looking dude who's also what he was like six feet tall and built like a brick shit house? Like he was. <laughs> he was. He was a big he, dude in like the good way. He is. He is a- absolute one hundred percent genetically unfair human yeah. being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he, but I mean, unfortunately, he he di- he died of AIDS. So that's he like did. The, that was unfortunate in the early two thousands, I believe, is when when he died. Um, yeah. So that's a sad Real thing. Real sad. But, yeah. but he, but I mean, he fucking lived the rock and roll life. 
Yeah. And, um, and I, I mean, he was a great guitar player too, but I just don't know. Mm. Um, I haven't there, you know, I've never read into rat enough to know the ins and outs of the songwriting. I, I just always gave the credit to Warren because he's the guy that when the riff is being played in the video, when it starts, you see Warren playing it and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, clearly he's the man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so the riffs are here. Um, a, 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 a big thing that keeps this album at number six, even though I do like it aside from the production is the fact that some of the songs, like some sound like, like they could be outtakes from the eighties, but some mm. of them sound like a band that's like, Hey, you remember that song lack of communication? Let's do yeah. a song that sounds just like that and call it <laughs> something else. <laughs> like there's a lot of those just like take the template of a song that worked and then write a new song on top of it. Um, <laughs> I'm just so, looking. I'm looking, looking at all of these uh, fucking song titles. Last call, lost week, and last call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I think just... lost weekend actually does sound kind of like lack of communication. <laughs> anyway, so there's a kind of a sameness to it, but it's got a fun energy to it. it it's it sounds there's there's a good amount of dirt in it, as you, as yes. you would say, um, which is like the rat that I love. Um, but you know has some great songs, has some okay songs. Um, but overall it's just like a super enjoyable trip in the way back machine. Um, yeah. for a little <laughs> bit, but, um, I have, I have to leave it here because it's like, well, you know, the reason why I like this is because it sounds kind of like the first five albums, but that's only because they already made those first five albums. So clearly those have to go <laughs> mm, yeah. higher up than infestation. And so, um, so yeah, that's also my number six. But here, I th I think here is where things might get interesting. I don't know if you can hear my dog barking. I can. Yeah. Which we, which uh, one's that? This is now number four. We have we now have four dogs. Holy um, shit! Because we we rescued another one. Uh, because Yo, um, yeah, because the, there was the pit a little, bull told her friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my pit bull. My, so we, we rescued my pit bull, but then um, there's this little schnauzer that's Aww. just been roaming around the neighborhood for like a month. And he keeps like walking up to the car and like his hair has grown in front of his face. Well, it, it was. We got him a haircut. But his hair had grown in front of his face to where he like he would just walk up to cars like not not knowing where he was going. I'm like, oh, this dude's going to get his ass killed. And so yeah. I just, I would see him just like bombing down the street. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm going somewhere, but he was just out there for like a month. And finally my mm. wife is like, let's, let's, let's see if he'll come up to the house. And very quickly he did. And then mm. my wife grabbed him and we, you know, we did that whole thing. We went and made sure he wasn't chipped and searched online to find out if he'd, anybody was looking for him and they weren't. Um, so we, uh, we got, we got him fixed up. We got him chipped. We took him to get a, a bath and a haircut and he is a, He's now part of our family. So uh, um, that's who you heard. My, my new, his, his, his name is Melvin. Oh, that's um, awesome. My, Melvin. My, my, uh, my <laughs> wife came up with that name. Um, but yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's adorable. But that's if I don't even know if that actually came through in the recording of the podcast or the video. But um, he made yeah, a cameo. Another, <laughs> another furry friend in my house, which is fine. Like I, I love dogs. And nice. And we seem to be lucking into getting these super sweet dogs that just come in and immediately are cool with the family. Yeah. So, you you um, just get the dogs like for free. It's, it's the feeding well, obviously that eventually and the bills, but you know, yeah. well, it's, it's I, because we live in a neighborhood where there's just dogs roaming around everywhere. And unfortunately that also means that at least once a month, there's a dead dog somewhere. 
And so, yeah. you know, I, I see these dogs and I'm just like, shit, man, I'm, if we can help, we might as well. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I am anyway. Anyway, all right. Where, 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 oh, so now we're back. We're on to, the, to our uh, top five uh, rounds. We are. All of, all of which I would consider 80s era, despite the fact one is technically in the 90s. Well, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was recorded in the 80s too, and then released in ah, 1990. So we can we can all we can lump them all in there. Yeah, might as well. You know, the the, the 80s didn't fully end until 93 anyway. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um. So yeah, my number five is album number five, and I've gone for Detonator. Okay, cool. For my number five. Uh, we have a non 80s, but totally 80s, 1990s album. It, yeah, it sounds absolutely 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, intro to shame is an intro to shame, 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 which is this slithering, nasty, sleazy opener. You can kind of tell that this is a post Guns N' Roses glam album because it has a bluesier harder edge to it than you know some of their albums you know the 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 intro to shame if if i remember right in the uh there's a rat home video that came out in like 91 that has like the making of all the videos from detonator and then some other stuff but in in the video there's a point where they're telling you what all the songs were called and when they're playing intro to shame and it just shows warren doing his little solo-y thing the title below it is war in d that's what that's the title so i think it was originally called war in d or or that's what they decided to call it later because they, they didn't call it intro to shame in the video it was called war in d no way um so anyway that's cool I, yeah, anyway, there's just a little tidbit. I, I at least that's what they call it in the video. And funny enough, all the way through that video, fucking little Richard just happens to be there. Like <laughs> he's not in any of their music videos. He's in a Cinderella <laughs> music video, but he's just like hanging out backstage, being little Richard with rats. That's, that's <laughs> fucking cool. Do you think? Do you think they were like, hey, can we like hire out <laughs> fucking little Richard for a day? Just hang out with us. Everybody loves little Richard, so I'm assuming it doesn't matter. Like he probably just shows up. I think he knew that's where the parties were. And so, you know, (laughs) he's like, Where are these white boys? He like shows up. (laughs) He does does his whole thing and then like shows up. I I don't know. Because I mean he had Uh, he had to have been down with those bands because not only is he in that, but he also was in that the Shelter Me video from Cinderella, which was also 1990. So was I think wasn't he in the music video for Elvis is dead? By Living by Color, also living in 1990. Colors. So he was yeah. literally like making the rounds with the rock bands in 1990. But you know what? <laughs> it's almost like he tried to show up and be like, hey, th- this this is some great music you're playing. Guess who started this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Me, motherfucker. Oh, man. Imagine imagine being able to like turn up and be like, yeah, you're here because of me. <laughs> like, but you know what? But nobody would argue that fact. Well, I mean, people that have totally. their shit together would not argue that fact. <laughs> <laughs> there's, pl- there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a handful of people that we owe everything to, and Little Richard is one of them. So, <laughs> yes, completely. Uh, so uh, after shame, 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 mm-hmm. we got loving you. It's a dirty job. Yeah. So, so good. Strip riffage in f- full effect right here. It, yeah. This whole song just makes me want to throw my hard-earned money at women way out of my league. 
<laughs> Scratch that itch. Um, has some slide guitar in there. You know, this is pretty late in the glams game where everyone had a slide part in the song. Like yeah. there's all we talked about this in the Cinderella <laughs> yeah. episode where it was like everyone turned around and it was like no matter whether or not it was appropriate or not, there was always a birdie, birdie <laughs> like in the song. Yeah. Uh, um, and this is one of them. Um, one step away, like one step away is a. That song, that song should have been a hit. I don't know why I, it wasn't a hit. I agree. It is a, it is an end credits victory song. It, like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I I'm, I'm feeling like the, the, a lot of the problems with this album is that I think it came out about two years too late. Because I think if that yeah. song had come out two years prior, I feel like it would have been a huge hit. Yeah, and if 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 Rocky Five had come out a year prior, it wouldn't have been like him losing his money it would be he's gonna fight two russians at the same time yeah. and this would be the fucking soundtrack no but rocky no. five should have been he 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 travels back in time and fights a nazi like that <laughs> like that i don't know why they didn't do that they dropped the that's ball big literally time that. that's literally the plot to kung fury <laughs> oh you're right yeah it is except he's not a boxer in kung fury he's you know but still he, he knows kung fu. He knows kung fu. It's a it's a type of fighting. We can That's keep true. it. Yeah. I, I, don't, I I think I've seen Rocky Five one time because I was just like, this is not really what I wanted from a Rocky movie. Thanks, because like yeah. I know I realized that Rocky the first Rocky movie was a little bit more serious, but I was a kid of Rocky yeah. three and four. Rocky three mm-hmm. and four were like the shit to me, and yes. so like once they went back to trying to be a little serious with things, I'm all like. Yeah, it's, it's great and all. You know, Sly yeah. Stallone still's got it, but you know, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those where it was like I did enjoy it, but it did bum me out because I was like, "Where's the robot gonna live?" <laughs> man, I, I remember when Rocky Four came out. I think I was in third grade or something like that. But I just remember going to see it at the theater on opening night with my parents. So excited about it. And they and when you went, they gave you a free button that was like a big oversized button. And it had the two gloves with the explosion in between them. Oh, and I wore that dude. thing to school for probably a month. Every day I'm like, <laughs> never forget, you know, <laughs> Rocky Rocky beat up the Russian. Yeah. <laughs> he effectively ended the Cold War. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, that's a fucking kill. That's a killer movie. I just, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's probably not considered good, but you know, hey, what, what who, 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 who the fuck cares? Good and enjoyable, you know, are sometimes are two those good. Sometimes they go together, and sometimes they don't. So I see. You know, yeah, that's why I've all, I, I've griped about this before about m- movie and music reviewers being up their own asses so much that mm-hmm. it's just like, look, you have to, you have to look at what, what is the intention of the movie. Uh, yeah. Did it did it complete that intention fully? Yes, five stars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did it do what it set out to do? Yeah, hell yeah. It's like were yeah. were were there snakes on the plane? Yes, five stars. That's why you went to. That's, <laughs> that's why you went to the movie. If they, now, if you go to snakes on a plane and there's no snakes, then you you're, you're, then you can give it a bomb kind of review and be like, this is not the movie I was expecting. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's 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 cool that was worth it 
completely <laughs> worth the tangent. <laughs> I love the, the, the I, I was going to bring that up when I talk about snakes on a plane, the edited version of snakes on a plane that they play on TV. No. Where, <laughs> where they replace it. They replace it with, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It was, uh, I think they did one um, one of those for Hot Fuzz as well, but they replaced every F word with funk. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking great. Funk nah, is great. So, yeah, oh, it's it's hilarious. But there's there's a part as well where they, they obviously had to change other swears as well. It's for like, you know, airlines and stuff. There's a scene, there's that part where um, what, he's, the the main bad guy, the, the chief, uh-huh. has um has a hostage i think it's you know his own son and he turns around and he goes pack it in frank you silly bar stool like instead of bastard (laughs) (laughs) and it's like fucking hilarious i love that Uh, there's there's actually a really great mr show uh skit where it's like goodfellas but it's edited for tv and so like (laughs) they keep cussing but it's words put on top of it and at one point like david cross's character is like doing the slew of of cuss words but the but the uh the the, the replacement is mother father chinese dentist <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point he do, he goes to like flick him off and the hand has been replaced with a thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> mr I show i highly re- i highly recommend watching all of mr show just because it's fucking genius hell yeah so uh, where where was I? Where was I'm I? With, sorry. With I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's think we cool. We had gotten one step away, maybe. <laughs> that's where <laughs> that's where it went off. Oh, yeah, because one step away led to Rocky. Led to God damn. That was a good tangent. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Damn. If now if you get to the point where you have trouble connecting the dots, that's when you know it's a good tangent. Where you're just yeah. like, Wait, how did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Something about traveling in time and fighting Hitler. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was it. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're at Hard Time. It's a groovy song. Mm-hmm. Uh, heads I Win, Tails You Lose. That is a that is a big hair riff right there. You can practically smell the fucking Aquanet coming off of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all, all or Nothing is this like plodding, groovy, glam metal track. Can't Wait on Love. Like This is a sort of thing. Can't wait on that. Can't wait on that's, like, the, that's, the that's one of those songs that just like starts off and you're like, yeah, where, where are we going yeah. with this? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good start. Yeah. This song is very me. Yeah, I, I love that chorus. Um, and then you get Giving Yourself Away, which is probably like the most ballady ballad they ever balladed. <laughs> yeah, they it's 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 always spoken of like it's their it's their you know the only ballad they did. But it, honestly, when it, for ballads, it's not really that ballady it's a little bit mm. you know it doesn't i don't know it it, it it doesn't it's not in the same vein as every rose has its thorn for me like it doesn't yeah or even it's or even more, don't know what you got till it's gone those seem like real you know big old ballads well there's yeah. like there's there's two ways you can go with a ballad isn't there that there's you got the like somber uh god damn i miss her kind of yeah. approach but then you've got like we're still gonna burn the fucking house down like <laughs> <laughs> yeah giving yourself away yeah yeah and I, and I guess you also have the depressing route like kicks did which is all like a don't kill yourself song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't close your eyes 
So that's, a, fucking, that's one of my favorite eighties ballads is don't close your eyes, man. That is, yeah. that is, that's killer. Anyway. All right. Yeah. We're on rap. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill yourself. <laughs> like, uh, um, and then, and then like they close out the album of top secret. Holy shit. They save one of the best for last. This song rocks. Um, you know, this album is slightly more memorable across the board Mm-hmm. than one of my later picks i will i'll get into it but i think of the two this record is more consistent but the album that's coming up afterwards i think has more standout tracks it's it's kind of weird i think they're both on an even playing field but okay for different reasons you know this okay. one's good across the board but the one above it i'll exp- i'll explain when we get there Okay, um, so at, at this point, you this is re- interesting or boring, depending on how you want to look at it, um, but Detonator is also my number five. So we are three <laughs> albums in a row, um, exactly the it's same It's a matchup. Yeah. Um, I really like this album, but it's the most polished and sort of almost radio-ready at times, but that's because they, they worked with Desmond Child, um, yeah. who also worked with Kiss and many other artists that he was, he came on as producer slash co-songwriter and, you know, he's, they needed a little shot in the arm, I guess, or felt like they needed a shot in the arm after uh, Reach for the Sky. Um, but, you know, that's the thing that sucks. That, and I think that people, um, I blame uh, uh, music journalists and management and stuff for fucking up bands because when a band puts out yeah. an album that just doesn't sell as well, they immediately go, well, you got to work with somebody else now. Like, no, no, no. Mm. What? Just no, that doesn't mean it's a bad album. Just this, if the public is that stupid, I mean, whatever. But anyway, so they went this route where they tried to do this album with Desmond child. And you can tell, like, I almost feel like when I listen to some of this, that I felt like they were going for, you know, what, what Metallica would eventually do. Like, I, I, I almost feel like they had this idea of, like, we're going to do a rat album, but it's going to fucking blow up and every for everyone. We're going to yeah. make it to where everybody loves this album. And maybe that was their goal. And then, unfortunately, it didn't really happen. It didn't sell very well either. But, I mean, um, it did good enough, you know, for the time. But um, I just think it's a really enjoyable album. It's got a lot of really good songs. Um, it, there's a little bit of there's too much of the dirt missing from this. So that, that's, yeah. that's why it, it, it ends up being here. Um, because it's, it, it's still very much a rat album. It sounds like a rat album and every, everyone sounds great on it, but it does have that. There's an element of, um, safety, safeness. Um, yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm going to get an STD from this album. I feel like this album is wearing a condom, still going <laughs> to pound the fuck out of me, but it's going to wear a condom while it does it. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. So it's been smoothed out. I should have said it that way. Right. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. E. Yeah. Um, but, but I have to say, you know, this is the last one with Robin Crosby. Like he doesn't play on any other albums after this, but this album included that, that is a pretty damn solid five album run from yeah. this band. Um, and, and wrapping up like the initial rat era, like this was the last thing they did for nine years or whatever. Um, 
And and who knows if they'll ever do anything again. We didn't really talk about this at the end of Infestation, but like Infestation is the kind of album that you're like, yeah, this out this band's back and and they're going to be going places. And they just they fall apart over and over again. Yeah. And now now it's back to the same shit where it's just Steven and Juan and other people. And I think at one point Juan wasn't even involved. Like he was just like, fuck I think this. And you know, you know you fucked up if Juan is like, mm. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of wonder as well, like, di- didn't they at one point weren't like didn't they do a Queen's Reich and there were two types of rat? Like, there was there Robin Crosby, th- not Robin Crosby. There was a uh, uh, Bobby Blotz. B- Bobby Blotz's uh, blot the Blotz. Um, he had his own uh, rat that which which was even funnier because it's just because L.A. Guns has that now too, where the original yeah. L.A. Guns drummer has Steve Riley's L.A. Guns, but everyone else is not original <laughs> L.A. Guns, <laughs> and it gets to the point where it just it. The, the the sad thing about that is that when that happens, not only do I go, I'm totally not interested in your, I'm a, I'm the drummer. Here's a new version of the band thing, but it immediately makes me not interested in anything because if I'm like, if you guys are all fifty year old babies and can't get your shit together, then I'm yeah. not going to give you my money because yeah. it's. Because that's the thing is if your egos are still that huge at this point, we're like, you're sure. Okay, fine. You've come around to where you're still considered rock stars, but you're not making the rock star money. Um, Yeah. But you know what? You fucking could. Because I'm willing to bet if like every if all of the OG rap people got back together, um, you know, uh, with Carlos from from is Carlos still alive from from uh, Quiet Riot? Because I know last last episode, last episode, we were talking (laughs) about a dead guy from Quiet Riot and I didn't even know it. Yeah, like it's. I was Carlos, sad when I read Carlos that, but then I was Cavazzo. like, "Is that his name, Carlos Cavazzo?" Carlos Cavazzo. Is he alive? alive? He is still. He's still out here kicking it. So here's the thing: if they, if that lineup of the band came on tour, I would go. But now, if it's just Stephen and Juan and some other dudes, even if they're really talented dudes, I'm not interested. I was like, I, at this mm. point, especially in a pandemic, you need to give me a fucking reason to leave the house. And if, and if, <laughs> and if Warren, if Warren Demartini is not there, eh, probably not going to go. Not worth getting COVID. Mm. I'll get COVID for Warren. That's about it. Anyway, that's, that's devotion so it, to the cause right yeah, there. <laughs> it just makes it, it just makes it a really sad thing. Cause I'm all like, they, uh, they, cause you, you never know who the actual asshole is. Cause everyone's calling somebody else an asshole. And I'm just like, <laughs> look, you're all assholes. Everybody just accept it and get back together for the fans because we're the ones keeping you here. <laughs> so the, the thing, the thing for me is like, you know, whenever I see these big bands fall apart, I'm like, you're living my fucking dream. How did you yeah. fuck this up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you haven't gotten to that point yet because you're still in your 20s, but like I've gone through that whole point in my life where I go, oh, it's never going to happen for me. And so <laughs> you, we'll get there at about you now if it, if it doesn't happen for you, which I think it will. Um, 35, if you haven't gotten there by 35 at this point, um, you still tr- still keep trying. I'm not telling anybody, anybody to give up. Don't give up. <laughs> give up, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> But you do reach that point where you're just like, all right, well, the the dream I had since I was like 15 years old is not going to happen. And you're right. I look at bands like Rat and, and I go, fuck, fuck you. 
<laughs> you, you you were you had everything, and you still have the ability to um, keep everything going. And uh, maybe they need maybe they need like a a, a, a therapist like Metallica had to come in. And they ain't got that kind of money though. They don't got the millions or, to throw away on a therapist. Or or rat rat hire me. I will drum for oh, you. Yeah <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll, sneak our, we'll, we'll sneak our way into the lineup, and then what we'll do is we'll splinter off and we'll start cranked and ranked rats. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be like two two dudes that just kind of know the band, but we're gonna start our own version of Rat. And then that's that's what that's amazing. that would be the really funny thing. Randos that have nothing to do with the band start their own version of the band, and they're just like, well, you know what? If they're not gonna take it seriously, we're gonna do it right. <laughs> that would be pretty that'd be pretty cool i could i could probably sing a lot of steven piercy's stuff probably better than steven can at this point um but you know that's i'm sorry <laughs> sorry steven i mean but you know he's not he's not the greatest vocalist in the world and he hasn't gotten any better <laughs> <laughs> steven versus steven is steven piercy okay here's here is the big here is the big tell is he a v or nope. a ph steven he is a, he is a ph he's a st- He's a Stefan Piercy. Oh, it's yeah. on. It's fucking. So honestly, on. my my name is more metal than his because it's Steven yeah. with a V right in there. Cause that's where I'm gonna be down in the V after shows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the P and the V, you know? <laughs> the P and the V. Um, but uh. yeah, so no, he's he's Stephen Piercy. Stephen Piercy. Um, I just remember I I, I went to a, a, a show in Houston actually before I lived here and the the show was uh the opening band was Bullet Boys and then after them was Faster Pussycat after them was LA Guns and then the headlining was uh not Rat but Steven Piercy um that's a sleaze lineup right there it was it was so much fun but Steven Piercy's band and performance was a letdown because they seemed so not really into it that I mm-hmm. ended up leaving halfway through because I had already been like, like between faster pussycat and LA guns. I'm all like, fuck man, this is awesome. And then mm. Steven Piercy came out and he just seemed so like there to get a paycheck in the, and the band were just like hired guns, you know? And so I wasn't into it, but you wasn't know, there, wasn't there a thing like, I think it was like five or six years ago where Steven Piercy got like arrested on stage, but it turned out to be a piece PR stunt. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, he, that's he that's, got, that's like, a great PR stunt if it is, man. Thing is, like, it depends when it happened in the set. Because if I paid for tickets to see Rat and I saw like two songs and then he got arrested, I'd be pissed. If it happened here's, like eight in, okay. <laughs> here's the thing, though. If now if he legit got arrested, that's worth way more than seeing an entire set. Because yeah. like because then. <laughs> Because then you, you that, that's why I think it's so funny when people like go to a show where something goes wrong mm. and they go, I want my money back. And I'm like, no, because now you have a story because either your story was I went to go see this band. They played their songs. Everything was fine. But now you have the this fucking shit happened at this show. Your, your, your experience is now worth a lot more. But yeah. if it is the sort of thing where you're like, you know, two songs in the cops came and arrested Stephen Piercy and then you find out that it was a hoax, then I would be like. Not, not not only are you gonna give me my money back, you owe me double. <laughs> yeah. For, give me my gas money back, like drink money, everything refunded to me. <laughs> yeah, anyway. man. 
Where were I we? Mean, have, we even, where, I, have we gotten? I don't even know where we were. Where uh, I think you we were talking about uh, detonator, detonator still. Your okay. oh yeah, because I was because yeah. I was talking about the 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 drama of Rat. Yes. And, um, but yeah, detonator is is back. I mean, there were, I'm, I'm sure there was already drama, but at least you know <laughs> this was the 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 last of their original run, and it's a great album. It's just not as good as the other four we're going to talk about. So let's move on to. Uh, Number four. Let's go. So my number four is Dancing Undercover. Cool. All right. And my reason for this is it is 50% killer, 50% filler. And what what I mean by that, you know, I put Detonator beneath this because it's consistently good all the way through with a few peaks here and there. Got it. The highs on this album are fucking high, mm-hmm. but the the kind of valleys between the peaks are pretty deep. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to jump into it. Okay. Uh, we, got, we got Dance is this fun, melodic rocker. It's a good energetic opener, good way to open the album. One Good Lover is a pretty good hair metal song it doesn't stand out much but it does have a good bridge section that really elevates there there, the there, there is an important chorus. thing at this point that i feel like you're, you're missing from this album but I, but i'll get to it when i talk about it because like you're talking about these songs and i'm all like there's something important that you're that you're that you're missing about this okay uh <laughs> i will i will hold off on okay. that because i feel like it's right in, it's right under my nose but i've completely forgotten uh drive me crazy is an up-tempo driving rocker. I like. I really like the harmonies on the chorus, and that like ultra fun caveman fill post-chorus part with the drive me crazy, drive me crazy. Like, yeah. is it's when they do like the yeah, our our hair's really teased up, and we're wearing like skin-tight lace, but we're still men. Like, <laughs> like they'll do those like little things every now and again uh you got slip of the lip is some stripper riffage always in the mood for that mm-hmm. body talk is a borderline speed metal like yeah songs yeah. like this songs like body talk are why these bands deserve more respect than they get yeah um looking for love is another pretty rocking but still very melodic 80s metal track then you get Seventh Avenue, and this is where the memorability of the tracks on this album takes a bit of a nosedive because songs like this, like they aren't bad, but they don't really stand out with a big chorus like they would on like the first couple albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's kind of paint by numbers. It, take a chance. There is a cheekiness to that riff at least, but I feel like I feel like this b-side of this album is like the cool down phase of a workout like there's nothing big around the corner it's just a little bit pedestrian enough is enough like that this this album is half banger and half background 80s house party movie music scene yeah you know um it has some of the best 80s rat songs and some of the most forgettable and so that is why dancing undercover is number four and you are probably going to tell me something I used to know that I forgot for some reason. 
it's not going to totally, it probably won't totally change your mind on the album, but I, I'm not going to get there yet because that is not my number four. Okay. Um, this is my first, uh, um, controversial placement. Now, oh, shit. before I start this, I'm going to have to say that we're now we're, well, I guess we got into banger central a while ago, but these four albums to me, like the love zone or yeah. Ordering these is, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I had to be real picky with stuff um, because I love all four of these albums. But um, this, this will be, I, this is an album that sometimes is somebody's number one. I've seen a lot of people say this is their number one, but it's my number four. Uh, Invasion of Your Privacy from 1985 is my number four. Wow. Now, now this being said, I, I, I have the same thing to say that you did about about dancing undercover because invasion of your privacy has fucking lay it down on it, which is mm. one of my favorite rat songs. But that riff is one yeah. of those. It's one of those riffs that's so cool that I have forced myself over the years to not learn how to play it because I, <laughs> I don't want to find out that it's like super easy because it just sounds so awesome. that I'm just like, no, I'm leaving that to Warren to just play this fucking amazing riff. Cause it just, I love the way it sounds. From what I remember, it's a real finger stretcher. You're, you're like, like, does my pinky even fucking go that far? Like, I haven't oh, good, played good it to know. Years. I probably couldn't play it anyway. <laughs> 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 Not even gonna try. Um, but so, so right. So it's got that. It's got great songs on it. Don't get me wrong. But this, this ends up being number four because there's a little bit of it that just feels like out of the cellar part two, and the production is not as good as out of the cellar. And overall, all of the songs are not as good as all of the songs on like like ratio wise. Out of the cellar has more good songs than Invasion of Your Privacy, in my opinion. Um, and funny enough, like it loses a little bit of the energy from Out of the Cellar. Like I did, I went in and listened to these straight through, album one mm-hmm. all the way to seven. And going into this album out of Out of the Cellar. Sure, it's got great songs, but there's a there's a little bit of the energy that's missing from this album. So it makes it it makes it a, a second album that doesn't deliver the way I love second albums to deliver because it's not them breaking any new ground. It's them just continuing what they were already doing. But there's a little bit of the of the hunger gone. They're already popular now, and now they're just like that. Um, so it's still great. It's a great album. But it really, if if I'm having to if I'm having to take albums and go, did this give me something at least? Because like when you're talking about these first four or five albums, the differences in them are so minor, yeah, <laughs> that it gets really hard. Um, that's what she said. But <laughs> the the yeah, minor, the, uh, and that's what she said should not be in the same sentence. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, but. Uh, yeah, th- I, I really, I love this album. It's got a lot of classics on it, but overall as an album, I, I feel like it's not the step forward that you would want out of a second album from a band, um, especially after Out of the Cellar. So um, so it had to go here at number four, Invasion of Your Privacy, of your private parts. <laughs> you know, that's what they wanted to call it. Yeah, yeah, oof, totally. Although that sounds, that sounds rude. You don't want to do that kind of invasion. 
If you have to, if you if you have to refer to sex as an invasion, then you're probably gonna go to jail. <laughs> you're probably a fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the for your for your shava. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> or that whatever it doesn't have to always be shava. It can sometimes be. Um, they sound so lovely. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, good and terrible. <laughs> He's good. That boy's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> what, what's what's that line he said? You know him from that episode of That's My Mama. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's brilliant. Okay, number three. My number three. Uh, number three. Rat album from Eddie Sparks. Cool. Let's let's fucking go. My number three is Reach for the Sky. Okay. Cool. And it, it is what I would consider also somewhat of a controversial placing from my research because very few lists have this high up. And which is to, which is it's ridiculous, but whatever. I, I, I don't get it. I, I certainly <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> it's I, um, it, I, some of it. Some of it is the is part of that thing that I always complain about, where um, enough interviews with bands and journalists and stuff over the years have informed people's opinion to where they just look at an album and go, "Oh, this one's supposed to be a bad one." It's a circle jerk. It is yes, an it absolute, is. absolute circle jerk. They told me I'm supposed to hate this. So it's my personality now. Yeah. <laughs> was, that was a good character, whatever that yeah. was. I've, I've, been, I've been working on him. He's, he's a, a disgruntled but hardworking uh, elitist. But he's, <laughs> but he's an old man, too. <laughs> but he, he, yeah, yeah. He's, an, he's like, he's at least mid-50s. He's like, I remember when CDs that- came, were, were eight tracks. That makes sense because it does seem like it's usually older people that are all just like, look, I saw an interview and they said it was a bad album. I don't know why you you, like this album. I tell you what, (laughs) Rip Magazine, November 1988. I wonder if I have that one. You very well might. I don't think Rip was around in 88. I think it might have started in 89. One of those things. It It might have been 88. Right on. Uh, Rip Magazine I'm, also published from by uh, by the same publisher as Hustler Magazine. Just you know, they made some good there. shit in the eighties, dude. What was that? What was that? <laughs> what was that guy's name? Larry Flint. Larry Flint did a Larry Flint published a Rip Magazine. Nice. I mean, just sorry tidbit for those of you who yeah. are curious, or or a titbit. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So yeah, reach for reach for the sky. Yep. Reach for the tits. Uh, city. <laughs> so first track, Titty to Titty. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call them by their original titles before they change mm. them for the record company. Uh, some of them you don't even have to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, City to City, the chorus on this one is a really good sign. It, mm-hmm. they And they keep this quality up throughout the record i i think you know this is kind of a return to form a little bit after 
something of a of a memorability slump with Dancing Undercover, in my opinion. Uh, I want a woman, and like ah, now here, here is an eighties track containing the words "little girl" that managed to dodge being creepy because he's straight up saying he wants a woman. Not, not a little girl. little girl yeah yeah i that that's 100 it was, was one of my favorite rat songs and i absolutely I agree because that's some the, little girl because that is the that is the that's the thing that i've complained about for years not just with rock and rollers but with movie stars celebrities in general i'm all like why would you want <laughs> a, a, a girl is a little girl that has no clue what she's doing like I, mm. I do, I, that is not attractive to me at all. And, and mm. even never even has been really like, I've just been, you know, I've never had that point of me. That's like, Oh, you just turned 18. That's hot. I just think in my head, Oh, you just turned 18. Give yourself another five years. So you're not a fucking moron. And then I'll start <laughs> dating you anyway. Um, where, where, where was I? <laughs> so anyway, po- point is I agree with their song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you get Way Cool Junior, uh, which is one of. That was good. That was a good one. Um, it's a good little. You feel it. One of my top five rat songs ever. Way Cool Junior. Way Cool Junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I put. I don't know if I'd put it at the top, but it's. Uh, it's definitely. It's a definitely a fun song. I like it because it's so different. Like there's there's nothing else in it's there. got horns in it. Eight, yeah, yeah. Like this is a real, this is a quintessential piece of late eighties rock. You know, mm-hmm. it's got the blues feel and it's got horns in it. You know, yeah. Um, then you get "Don't Bite the Hand That Feeds You." Like fun another, chorus. Another totally overused song title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kick-ass riffage in it though i can't fault it for that um yeah i want to love you you've entered the semi-ballad zone here and i say semi-ballad because when it rocks it goes hard even though it does have it's anthemic it is anthemic like it's like it is not it's not it's not you know it is like i'm gonna go out and get that kind of Mm. song yeah even though it does have the little soft portions that are like the, right. the or, they're the audio foreplay, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they, they know how to do it. At this point, album number four, they're, they, yeah. they're seasoned at, at, at d- having ear sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that line from Tenacious D. Isn't it? <laughs> they, what is it? They came and they saw and they conquered and now they've came to come in your ear pussies or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I haven't seen that film in years. I'll have to watch that later. It's a great movie. Um, it is uh, pick a destiny for those who, who don't the know. pick of destiny. So I saw it, saw um, it in the movie theater and left that thing going, this thing's going to be huge. And it wasn't, <laughs> I was like, why, why wouldn't everyone in the world want to see this movie? But they, apparently they didn't. Man, like it, it's moments like that make me sad that people suck so hard, you know. <laughs> I mean, that is that is might as well end the show right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the world is that so many people suck so hard. It's just uh, <laughs> that's that's the problem. Yeah, man. Like if it if there was a god chain reaction, 
would have been a hit. <laughs> you know? I, I like that's a fucking that's a fun song. Yeah. Which brings me to uh, Chain Reaction. Fuck yeah. Mid tempo double kick. That shit is one of many heavy metal keys to my heart. And that fucking chorus, like, Rat is back. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they didn't go away, but they're like, Rat is back again for a round <laughs> Rat four. Rat is still here. Yeah. <laughs> Rat went nowhere. Yeah. And throw in a Stephen Piercy there. <laughs> Uh, no surprise all those fucking harmonies in that in in those vocal parts mm-hmm. I love the way they open it too it's like why live your why live yeah, your it's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> what's happening studio um, magic yeah what's it gonna be is a real catchy one quite sugary sweet but still fits perfectly in this kind of glam metal record yeah what I'm after is a great closing track. Has that end credits vibe, rocking and happy sounding. Like this is a good time record. Um, mm-hmm. The choruses are what I love rap for, and it's full display on this album. And I, I, I love it so. I love I, it so much. I love it too, so much so that it is not even my number three. Um, oh. My number three is Dancing Undercover from 1986. Um, which was you could say is my intro to rat because that's where the body talk is on uh this album so nice going in order through the albums all of a sudden album number three dancing undercover out of the first three has the best production it's the best sound of the of those three albums first off secondly the thing that i think that you may have missed or maybe it wasn't it just didn't really it wasn't good enough to really like make the album any better for you if you listen to Stephen Piercy's vocals on the first two albums and then you listen to Dancing Undercover, he's gotten way better at singing and he now writes way more interesting melodies. So a lot of yeah. these songs, you'll hear him. I'm like, oh, he's doing way more with the vocals than he did before. And so that's mm. a big standout for me on this album that it really does seem like he's like, look, I'm going to do as much as I can, I'm capable of doing. And it's great because like it's... You know, from this point on in this album, I would say all the way through to Detonator, vocally, like he is the best that he ever would be um, with mm. not not just performances, but also just um, it, a, a range of melodies, um, which 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 is kind of missing on the first two albums. It, it, they're there, but they're just not as, uh, I guess, interesting, I guess. I don't know. Um, but mm. Dancing Undercover to me is a really fun and energetic album with a lot of great songs. And I really feel at this point, like they, they, it's, it's, uh, to me, it's better than, than Invasion of Your Privacy because I feel like they've now at this point kind of perfected the rat thing. Like they, mm. they're, they're doing the rat thing as, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all come together now. And they're, they're, I don't know. I feel this album to me just has an energy of a band that's, that's just has such a momentum going for them but I feel like they took more chances songwriting wise on this album, um, which you could say maybe some of the songs don't have that immediate anthemic kind of quality that maybe some of their other songs do. But um, I just think it's a really solid album. And this one and reach for the sky to me are both albums that I think some people complain that they're not really that good. And I'm just like, 
I don't know what albums you're listening to or what you're wanting out of your albums necessarily <laughs> because there's not I there I mean there's no bad songs on any of these albums to me. Um but I but I really do like the fact that it feels like in the trajectory of their first 3 this one feels like you know like I said their steps forward and up are very tiny but this one is one. Like it goes up to another level of rat. Yeah. And um, so that's why it's it's my number three, Dancing Undercover. Cool. So now we have reached top the two. Num- top two, the number two spot. So now here is, is where I think our biggest uh, difference in our ranking is going to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, my number two is Out of the Cellar. Wow, okay. See, I have seen this in pretty much first place everywhere I've looked. You know? <laughs> yeah. But there, there is a quality to... I mean, it's it's no secret that Invasion of Your Privacy is going to be the one above this for me. I haven't mentioned it yet. But um, <laughs> to, to, to me, this one, if you want, you know, rat doing kind of the the most heavy metal version of what their sound is you're gonna get it on this one like this is like it sounds weird to call rat pissed off but like if any version of rat is gonna beat you up this is the album i don't want to pick a fight with yeah (laughs) because it has it has really like you know almost it's good it's got sort of this dark aura around it that's really cool uh so i'll i'll go into it you know wanted man you know i actually realized years later that the first time i heard this was like briefly for a few seconds in the movie weird science and it's one of my favorite childhood 80s movies i think there's like that isn't isn't exterior isn't it when she opens the door to the party or whatever uh, or is it it's 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 like it's crazy brief like i only just realized this the other day when i was watching it i remember then, it in the movie but i don't oh no it's when it's when they leave anthony michael hall's parents house she yeah pulls, she the, pulls the gun on the yeah. dad <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh, they, a, and all of a sudden he doesn't remember who he is <laughs> that's an awesome gary movie. who's yeah. gary Who's Gary? <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the movie, uh, she's still like, our son Gary. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I want you to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. God, that, that that was one of my earliest 80s movies, too. Like, I, I that It's one of that my favorites movie. because it does... It, why does it even exist? <laughs> like it doesn't. <laughs> it's one of those movies that could only be made by a writer-director that had so much success... That the 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 movie company just gave him like do whatever you want. He's like, all right, you asked for it. There's gonna be they're gonna make a woman out of a computer at some point. The brother's gonna be turned into like a job of the hut type kind of kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it's sorry for being such a shit to you all these years. <laughs> oh, Bill Paxton, rest in peace, man. He fucking yeah. was in that movie. Everybody, yeah. I mean, like it's 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 that's it's a great movie, but it's also like re- a really bad movie because like some of the acting and it's pretty shitty, but um, it's too fun to care. Like it's my, yeah, the, my fa- <laughs> the the line from that movie that's kind of a throwaway line that I always randomly say 
um, is they, they, they're, at one point they walk into the kitchen and Anthony Michael Hall goes, Wyatt, the kitchen is blue. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point, that's uh, the point where, where they, where the, where the fucking grandparents are like put in the closet and she's like, and she's like, they're fine. In fact, they're better than fine. They're not aging anymore. <laughs> I love the, um, oh, what? Which one is it? Like right at the beginning where they're like designing a, and <laughs> he says, they're like dis- discussing bust size and yeah. like, he's like anything more than a handful, you're risking a sprained thumb. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just that part, like yeah. the, the log- weighing up the logistics of it. <laughs> and just like that idea uh, of like, like back in the day, the way that people looked at computers it was like, oh, we've reached a restricted area. Boom! Or Override. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like any 80s hacking scene, all you need is a can of Pepsi on the side and yeah. to just type override every time there's a password. Yeah. And, uh, the, and there's, there's, so, there's so many instances in that movie where like, like even that part of the movie, like once they've like connected the phone to the modem, and like all yeah. of a sudden everything starts going crazy. And then there's all of a sudden a dog on the ceiling. I'm like, well, why did they, they, they literally had to go and film that one shot for two seconds of a dog on a ceiling. And, and John Hughes is just like, it needs to be in there. Like, nobody is going to know how crazy things are going unless there's a dog on the ceiling. Can I, can I admit a deep, dark secret on, on this show? Okay. Like, the very first time, right. I was eight. I, I didn't know anything right Mm -hmm. but i was like i saw you know you know the part where the girl gets like dragged off of the piano by like nothing and she's like sliding across the floor i remember the first time as a kid i was like can can you see up her skirt and i was i was there like and you know there's that like slow down function (laughs) i didn't (laughs) i didn't even know what it up with (laughs) slow-mo like here's the thing right I was eight years old. I barely even knew what fucking sex was. And here yeah. I am now. I'm I'm just curious. This is kind of innocent, to be honest, because I'm there. I'm like, I want to find out what's up there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I'm just watching this in slow-mo. And my mom walks into the room. She said, why are you watching weird science at like 0.2 speed? I was like, shut up. <laughs> that says a lot I'm doing about important your, research. That says a lot about your relationship with your mom that you didn't immediately turn it off and be like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Because that was well, that I, been I, my reaction. I I didn't know at the time that that wasn't appropriate. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, the I was thing just that like, I think is so great about that particular scene <laughs> in the movie is that it's somehow an entire couch fit, fits up the chimney. Yeah, it <laughs> shoots out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally one of the most ridiculous movies ever made. And that's that's why I love it so much. Because it's just... It comes from a guy that was doing all these coming-of-age teen, teen movies. And is mostly known for that. But then he makes this movie that... It, 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 by all accounts, the studio should have said, We're not fucking doing this. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Love it. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an absolute 80s classic for me. So, yeah. Tr- truly is weird science um, everybody go watch it if you haven't already <laughs> if if you haven't it is an absolute sin if you haven't i but, yeah uh, yeah yeah i agree yeah so uh yeah wanted man <laughs> okay oh so, yeah wanted man <laughs> it's in weird science uh yeah it's a great song um i love the and from the ro- from the ro- 
you will hang. Yeah, no, I fucking love that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you're in trouble. Great rocking song. Any, <laughs> Every like, time somebody says that, it, to me, it sounds like you're in trouble. Like you're uh, having trouble <laughs> peeing. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> Fun How fact, am I this gonna was inspired go, gonna by a go. kidney stone. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe some one of one of them is drinking way too much soda, and then they, you know, all of a sudden they've had you're in trouble, and they're like, no, no, dude, we can't sing about that. Let's just call it you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. okay. It's like it's like one of those like behind the scenes, like behind the music sort of things. Yeah, by our second tour, Robin was just pissing left and right. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be an STD thing. You're in trouble. It burns when I pee. I'm having urine trouble. It's what you're going through, going through. Or not going through. Or if if you've got a blockage down there. (laughs) One of those. Oh, man. We've got to get off these... We gotta get off these tangents because we're just going round and round. Oh, oh. whoa! That was good. <laughs> round Hell and yeah. round. There's a great, there's a great point that uh, Kevin Smith once made about round and round. I don't remember, I don't remember if it was on a podcast or what, but he talks about how, you know, I love the song round and round, but you listen to the chorus of the song and he's like, you know, oh, what goes around comes around. I'll tell you why, and then he doesn't really tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> None of the lyrics are really telling you why. It's, no. uh, it's because that's, that's Stephen Piercy's style. Like he even said, like in an interview, that he's all about the vibe of the words, even if they don't really make any sense. And I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, good on you. That's you. You made a classic song, but you never tell, told us why. Okay. It, Stephen Piercy's approach to vocals is I don't know, sex and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much. Um, I mean, to be honest, that could probably be said for every glam frontman, <laughs> or anybody in a rock band in the '80s. I don't, yeah. I don't care. I don't care who you were. I'm pretty sure Slayer yeah. was even driven by sex too. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Although we're into succubuses, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, that's when it gets serious. <laughs> I'm gonna lay you down by the fire. <laughs> Like, can you imagine a fucking Slayer love ballad? How, why I mean, why has there not been, like, a death metal band that all their lyrics are, like, love song lyrics? Because that just, <laughs> that seems like it should already already be out there. So, yeah. Just saying, I people. Am, do, do it. And then do it to it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be uh, some, some intense sex right there. Yeah. Just, just, just like blast beats, <laughs> like every every song like is in excess of at least two hundred BPM. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, in in your direction is serious eighties mid tempo riffing. Yeah, she wants money is a speed breaker. You know, great shout along chorus. Lack of communication. Lack of communication. Lack of lack of like that's such a cool part to a song, you know? And you know, people say like the the cardinal sin of uh writing music is the the vocals copy the riff. 
Like Sabbath made an entire genre out of that. Like, yeah, I don't. I think that I think that that's an argument that only holds water half of the time. There, there. I think yeah. there are there are examples where it seems lazy, and then there are other examples where I wouldn't write the 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 vocal line any other way. So, mm. yeah, exactly. Um, hell, most of most metal bands these days just go over the top of stuff anyway. So melody is kind of second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just had a mad boomer take right there. That was, um, that was very not, not twenty three year old. Not my age guy. group. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, yeah like, speaking, like, speaking of that, when is your when is your birthday? Sixth uh, of May. So that is. Oh, uh, so I'm. So you'll turn twenty four after I turn forty four. Ah. I'm for, I'm, so, I'm forty four in March. So th- there'll be a like brief two like two month period where we're not exactly 20 years apart <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be special it'll be like daylight savings time or or, or leap year it'll be the leap year it's funny actually isn't that around the time of daylight savings as well like Mar- Mar- i think march is march is when it happens i think yeah yeah something like that yeah something like that um that was a really more. that was a, that was a very boring tangent, folks. We didn't we did better ones earlier. <laughs> this, one, this was just like, when's your birthday? All right, cool. My oh, birthday. Wait one sec. What? Ah, there we go. I was wondering when you were going to do that. He like he laid out an entire line of cocaine at the beginning of the show before we even started, and I'm like, is he ever going to do it? It was a reserve. It was a reserve. People, we're back in action. We're back. We're back in fucking action. No. Me, I'm just I'm just on shrooms over here. I'm not even. <laughs> I want another plane. I don't need to do any kind of drugs like that. We're on a completely different fucking radar screen, man. We're fucking ready to keep going. It's not a fucking eighties um, Wall Street stockbroker way too hyped up moment there. <laughs> yeah, sell, buy, sell, sell, buy. Oh. <laughs> uh, Right, let's let's get back <laughs> let's get back on track here. Yes, the, yeah, the, I don't even know where we were. The cocus is setting in now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, back for more. Love it. Awesome, oh, awesome fucking song. Yeah, yeah. that's a great You're song. Back for more. <laughs> what has this become? <laughs> singing rat lyrics making coke jokes uh funny actually the, the morning after shuffly up tempo one that drum drum beat is like detroit rock city on 80s levels of coke yeah um i mean this is a kick-ass album dude and um here's the thing one of my favorite songs on it I have heard some people call it the worst song in the album is I'm insane. I fucking love I'm insane. Like yeah, I don't some know. people, it's some a great song. It a stinker. I'm like, dude, this, this was like borderline speed metal. The fuck are these people talking about? Um, it's, you know, one of is, it's one of my favorite rat songs. This one is a track. I have broken many speed limits too. I must admit, um, not to, you know, out myself, don't arrest me for that. Um, I mean, scene I of the crime. I don't, I don't have jurisdiction that over seems, here. So it seems it seems appropriate that the next song is called "Scene of the Crime." Like <laughs> yeah. There's a, 
there's actually a real crime vibe to this album, isn't there? Wanted Man, You're in Trouble, Scene of the Crime. Like, jokes aside, if hair metal was cocaine, which it pretty much is, then this is pure grade A Colombian, my friend. Oh, it's yeah. a great, it's a great 80s record, and it's an essential for any any glam metal collection. Fuck it, any 80s record collection should yeah. have this. Yeah, pretty pretty damn great album. Um, Hell yeah. So much so that it's not my number two. <laughs> my number uh-huh. two is Reach for the Sky from 1988. Hey, um, I'm, an album I'm happy that, to see it high up. An album that does not get enough love. It's I really feel like I don't... If you're a Rat fan and you don't like this album, I feel like I'm, I'm questioning your taste in music overall. Because um, this is, in my opinion, the best, sonically, the best sounding Rat album. Which is interesting yeah. because originally it was being produced by this guy, Mike Stone. And then the record company didn't like the way that it sounded. So they brought Bo Hill back. Bo Hill did the other three albums prior. Um, and I don't know what the combination is that made this sound so great. But I just love the way the album sounds because it has a really big full sound. Everything just sounds really great. Um, I don't really, I don't really know, but it, it worked out. Um, but uh, it has "I Want a Woman" on it, which is one of my favorite uh, rat songs. Um, and and this is once again an, another tiny step up for Rat, where it's they're still doing Rat, just with these little minor tweaks. And yeah. and so that's why this one is like ends up being my number two because. For their 80s output, when they, for me, they were just churning out awesome shit. This is like the pinnacle of them. Like they're at their biggest rock stardom, you know, money for, you know, coming their way for albums. They had great production. And, but the songwriting to me, it just sounds like they don't sound like they're phoning it in on this album to me at all. Like I think there's Mm. so many great songs on this album and it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of memorable parts of the songs. I don't really get the hate for it. The only thing I can relate it to is that whenever a band comes out in an interview and says it's not a good album, everyone just follows in and so, oh yeah, it's not a good album. But I think the only reason they even thought that was because it just didn't sell as well as their previous three albums. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the quality of the album. Like this album should have been, I mean, it still was fairly big at the time. It just wasn't as big, I guess, as they wanted it to be. Um, maybe part of it is the fucking artwork, which is my favorite rat album cover because it looks like it belongs. It looks like it belongs on a prog album and not on a rat album because it's such a, what the fuck album cover. I don't even know what's going on on the album cover. There's a, there's a statue and, and, uh, 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 is it, is it like a hand in some sort of frilly sleeve and I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those that like, I look at it and every time I go, I'm not, I'm, I don't really know like what's going on here. <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have a quick look at it. Well, just throw, to, I'll, just I'll to... throw it up on the video for the people on YouTube. And then you take a look at it. Look, just look at it. What I, what's going on in this, in this thing. And what does it mean? What does Honestly, it all mean? This, this totally could be like, if, if you took the rat logo off of it and replaced it with rush, <laughs> this would be it honestly it's got mad rush vibes 
like, it's, it's a proggy kind of thing, which is funny because this album is very not proggy. <laughs> Nothing proggy about this album. <laughs> it's got like one time signature the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. How though. very unprog. <laughs> I, I honestly, I like, I love the album covers that are memorable for whatever reason, you know, whether it mm. being like in a really amazing painting or some sort of iconic image of the band or, or an album cover where you go, what? <laughs> like that's, <laughs> those are my favorite album covers. Um, but yeah, I just think this is a great album. Very well done. And um, I go to this, I go back to this album. This, I mean, honestly, like for, this might be my favorite rat album, just a personal favorite. Mm. Um, but in ranking them, this ended up being number two, uh, because, uh, my number one, which clearly it's, it's, uh, out of the cellar is, uh, a fucking killer. But before we get to that, <laughs> we get to the number one rat album of Mr. Eddie Sparks. And, and we've, cool. we've figured out that it's, it's uh the number the one I put at number four. So it is. There you go. Uh so my number one is Invasion of Your Privacy. And my sole reasoning for its placing is it is chorus central, like as a solid 80-90% of this album is is choruses, you know. Yeah. Um you're you're in love. It's impossible to not have a good time to this song. Absolutely kick-ass way to open an album. And I love, I especially love that um, fill at the end that um, Bobby Blotzer does, where it's like... Like, I remember when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that is that is tasty. Yeah. Me like yeah. it. Uh, and then, you know... He, this is a very this is a very hair metal move. Never use love. That's two songs in a row that have love in the title, um, and it's also the second song in a row to have an absolute fucking killer riff in it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember hearing "You're in Love" and then "Never Use Love" and then lay it down. Yeah, in <laughs> Once again, you said "You're in Love," and I was like, "Oh, now they uh, yeah. now they lo- now they love it. They yeah. love that urine." <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're in love. You'll never hear these songs <laughs> the same way again. You're in trouble. You're in love. You know. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Like going back to that behind the music sort of thing. We actually, you know, for some strange reason, the the audience really began to love Robin Crosby just pissing everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> we wrote a song about <laughs> you're, you're in, in love. love. Yeah. It's no longer you're in trouble, it's you're in love. Uh, <laughs> uh, lay it down, though. It's just such an amazing oh, fucking, fucking hey, song. Like, the solo that is, that in is it, a, too. That is a, that is a, a riff. Mm. Like, that's got, to me, that's got this, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's similar in key and, and everything to, um, to like, uh, uh, Unchained by Van Halen. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like, there's got that thing where there's, there's certain riffs that start by themselves at the beginning of a song, and you just go, Oh yeah. And yeah. that's that's that definitely has it. Every single time this song ever comes on, I'm like, volume knob, yeah. crank yeah. that shit up. I like, oh and and funny as well, like people always talk about how, you know, grunge really brought drop D tuning to the forefront. This song's in fucking drop D. Like Oh, is it? Yeah, like it 
for some reason, like Warren Demartini was really into Drop D. I think it. I think Lay It Down. If it's not Lay It Down, then it's You're in Love. I, th I think there is quite a bit of Drop D in Rats stuff. I think strangely. I think I'm gonna finally get over myself and go and try to learn the riff from Lay It Down and see if see if it is in D. Do um, it. I, f I found a way to play it, but it's kind of the pussy way to play it. Like, <laughs> like there's one finger down here that I just thought, ah, oh, fuck you, I don't need that. <laughs> like, uh, but I, honestly, that, now, yeah. that, now that I'm at a point in my life where it's like I'm not in bands anymore, I just do music on my own, but I'm still, there's a part of me that goes, you know what, if I could get like Warren Martini to give me some lessons, I, I would be down for that. Just getting, getting a little yeah. bit better at, at, at what I do because I'm, you know, Kurt Cobain level guitar over here, so... <laughs> I mean, Kurt wrote some of the most enduring rock anthems of all time. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, people try like to point out that he's a shitty guitar player. But you know, I'm like, I am too. So I'm right there with him. You, you guys heard it on a podcast about a hair metal band that Kurt Cobain <laughs> was a talented guy. Yeah, here you go. Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't his fault that uh, mm. that hair metal had to end. Um, it was it was mm -hmm. their fault. It was the hair band's faults because they were putting out <laughs> albums that were not great. Ever, did I ever send you that uh, Eric Andre meme where he shoots? He clearly shoots Hannibal on camera and then turns back to the camera and goes, "Who did this?" Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's li and it's literally just um, was it glam shot glam and it's like. <laughs> Why would grunge do this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it killed itself. But, um, whoa, trigger warning. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it was the record. Uh, it was the record companies, really, because they, everything became mm -hmm. oversaturated with sound alike bands who didn't do as good. The songwriting wasn't as good. They weren't, you know, because, like, you know, as, as much as I, I love, like, that era, I love it so much that even the also ran bands are still pretty cool. But I think once, yeah. once you got to like Pretty Boy Floyd, I think everyone was kind of like, what? <laughs> Are, didn't we, don't we already have three of these? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, then right after Lay It Down, you get Give It All. You know, I want to give you all my love tonight. Give it all. all. Like, yeah. Like four straight up bangers in a row. Um, now, here is where I will admit there is a bit of a lull in the middle of the album because you get closer to my heart, which is which kind I, of ballad. That's one of my favorites. See, see, this is where this is where the show gets real interesting because, like, to, to me, closer to my heart never really struck me the way as like some of the rest of the bombastic songs on here kind of well, jump yeah, out. I, I like it because I just like it when the band adds a variety to what they're doing, and that song is it, it has its own vibe on the album, which I I, I love. And, you know, in a lot of other album situations, I would be inclined to agree. But this is, this one is kind of how I feel about, uh, you know, Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue. It is a fucking party from start to finish with the exclusion of, you know, obviously uh, the ballad on the end of it. I've forgotten its name, but uh, You're All I Need. That's it. But and Nona the, and Nona. Here, th this is where it's gonna go. I'm not saying that um, you know Nona is anywhere as good as uh, an actual complete song, but there is a certain like 
there's a derailment slightly of the party going on, and I'm kind of like, come on, I want to, I want to get to got me on the line. I, I like, don't know. I don't know. Honestly, like just from because like so so to to give you a little bit of of you know my personal life. So like like when I, how many years ago? Six years, six or seven years ago, I went through a point where I went from being, you know, in a relationship with my daughter's mom to all of a sudden being split up, living with my daughter in a really tiny apartment um, where mm-hmm. like all of a sudden my life became way more complicated and I was, you know, pretty alone. Although my daughter, like, you know, she was, she was three at the time and she, she was amazing. Like she's the reason why everything ended up being great. But all of yeah. a sudden there were these periods of time where my daughter was with her mom and I was just in this tiny apartment by myself and so I did a whole lot of music listening and drinking. A lot. Yeah. Too much. But the one <laughs> thing that I know is that like I I I dove I dove into these bands because they made me happy. So like 80s Kiss and like Rat Cinderella, Motley Crue, all that shit. I listened to They're a very, lot of it. Because it's the yeah. equal parts of like it gives you it's a good time. It's like it's it's always a you know rocking good time. But for some reason, like I would, I remember being like drunk listening to like this album. And when closer to my heart comes on, I'm always, I was just like, fuck yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about it, that it's, it's, it's a love song, but it has like a real sort of like dirty sort yeah. of like drive to it that like I just loved. And so like when you're, so you're talking about like partying and listening to this music. And then for some reason it, it was exactly where it needed to be in the album where I'm just like, yeah. But then, of course, like you said, you come out of it into into yeah. the next track, and then it's like now you're back into like rocking zone. It's almost like yeah. you get a little bit of a moment to reflect and be like, yeah. And then you're right, you're right back into it. So that's coming. Yeah. That's coming from a from a, a drunk person telling you that that song <laughs> is uh, <laughs> it's very good. It's a time to step back and ask myself, why am I partying right now? <laughs> There's, this I next mean, one's called this next one's called lick my love pump <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you there's but, but let me know the reality of it there's nothing more depressing than getting really drunk by yourself <laughs> like, like that is that's that's i mean i don't do luckily i don't have to do that anymore but you know it's uh, can I be honest? It's yeah. the only thing that's kept me any semblance of sane since the pandemic began. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's that now. Pandemic aside, I'm, I, you know, it, I now it makes more sense. But, yeah, um, but back in the I day, I suppose like, back then that yeah. was that was literally you're, you're looking at a dude that was that I could have I could have gone out partying, but I'm just like nah, I'm just gonna stay here, drink, listen to music. And that's what I would do. I was like. I was not Fair. before, but even before the <laughs> pandemic, I was not interested in being around people. <laughs> so that gives you a little glimpse into my personality. Oh man! Like honestly, though, you get oh, where where are we at? Between the eyes, I, again, it, it's a cool track, but the middle two tracks of this record are probably my least favorite because they are. And I don't, I don't want to say it's because they're different because I, I am a strong believer in variety is the spice of life, but there is just a certain drive to every other song around. You're right. But, but I mean, this I guess midsection. Because, yeah, because Between the Eyes has more of like a kind of a swagger kind of groove to it. It's not it's not very driving. Yeah. But then, then you get 
It's so easy to forget. What you give is what you get. Like, oh, I love this song. I love that chorus. Fuck yeah. Like, that's, like, that fucking fist on whatever wall is in front of me (laughs) that 80s kids seem to fucking do all the time in videos. We're going to knock down the fucking door. Off (laughs) to the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, got me on the line is great fun. Keeps the party vibe going again. You should know by now. You should know by now. You should know by now. All right, so let me start. We stop you there. That's one of the big reasons why this album's so low is because of choruses like that that are so lazy. He, he, couldn't, write like a sec- he couldn't write a second <laughs> line to that chorus. Because you know, you, know, you know it's him and he's like, got his notepad and he's like, you should know. Bye now. And then he sits there for like another like five or ten minutes going, all right, whatever. You should know by now. <laughs> but then on the flip side of it, it's like, dude, I've got a blowjob at like three. Can dude, we he was probably up? having one right there while he was writing it. I'm sure that he doesn't have to take time off for that. It's like, you know, it's all part of the it's all part of the songwriting process. Uh Say, do you want a blowjob? You should know by now. Oh, I need to write that down. (laughs) That is, and there you go. That's how the song was born. You should know by now. You should just be living down there. Because I'm Stephen Pearson. (laughs) That's that's the brackets on the end of it. (laughs) You should know by now. You should be living down there, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then, dangerous but worth the risk. Fun closer. This is the total attitude of hair metal. Um, risk straight up <laughs> like you might get aids you might die you might end up in jail for something unsavory but hey ho you fucking lived yes <laughs> like that's pretty much the approach <laughs> <laughs> of these bands really but you know this is a very chorus centric album and i love it for that very reason and uh Yes. If you would like to proceed with your number one. My pick, number one. The f- first full length album control. from Rat. Um, we have assumed control. Um, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Yeah. I'm going to say that yeah. line just for people yeah. to know that like that's something that's coming. Just for those mm. of you who caught that line. Um, out, <laughs> of the, uh, <laughs> out of the cellar, the first Rat full length is my number one. Um, the, the number one reason, well, two, there's two reasons. One, this album is fucking killer all the way through. Number two, Mm -hmm. they fully had their, their sound already put together. They already sounded like rat album one. Like they, and like, you know, you compare it to other things of the time. Like, sure. It's got some similarities, but they like, they had their own sound for, for the bands that were happening. They didn't sound to me like quiet, Riot Or Motley Crue. Um, they had elements of very confident sounding debut. Yeah. Very. And and it's filled with riffs like that. That's the one thing is that like people that I almost feel like because of albums, like out of the cellar rat became one of those bands that the metalheads didn't hate on quite as much because like, have you heard, have you heard the fucking riffs? Like it's, you know, I feel like they are on the the fringes of things. I feel like they lived they live in an area that would later be you know completely filled in by like Guns and Roses because Guns and Roses was more <laughs> like you know 
less hairspray, more dirt, um, you know, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> but out of the set, man, this this album is just the energy never lets up on this album for me. Like I just think that it just is such a it's especially if you're wanting this vibe of an album, like it just it delivers for every single track. And just the fact that they, you know, in 1984, like they, I don't know. It's like the, the debut albums this strong will always really like blow my mind to, to be in a band like that where you're just like, well, we got a record deal and let's put out our first album. And, and there's a lot of bands that their first album, there's like some growing pains or there's some, you know, you know, oh, you know, they'll, they'll get there. Wait till, wait till album two or three, then it really kicks in. But they were yeah. one of those bands where it kicked in immediately and um, maybe it was just because of the combination of, of musicians, you know, put all those all those dudes together. They, you know, they had a lot of great energy and a lot of really different kinds of energy. If you like really look at the band there, they're 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 had a kind of different dynamics because you had, you know, Stephen Piercy is very just like a, a smooth, sexy front man kind of guy. Smooth criminal that. And then you and then <laughs> you had like <laughs> and you had Warren Demartini, who seemed like the dude that like he wasn't really interested in necessarily being a rock star. He was just like the guy that was just, I'm a fucking killer guitar player and riff writer. And then you got like Juan Krauschier or however you pronounce his last name. That He was the dude that I always felt like he was trying a little bit too hard. <laughs> like he always seemed like he was all, he all, he talked very fast and he was always like, yeah, yeah. And, we're, and we're, I'm in rat. I'm the bass player. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're, we get it. You're very excited to be here. And he had, and he was the one that had all the moves. He would do like the whip yeah. around with the bass and, the, and he would do, he, he would do like a weird thing where he, I can't, it's down below the desk, but he would like shake his knees and then, and then, then yeah. lock his legs. He would do like all these different moves. He was the guy <laughs> that was very, just like, I'm not just a bass player. I'm also something you can watch for my dance moves. Here's um, the thing though. Like if, if you're a, if you're a bass player in an eighties hair metal band, unless you're extreme you're not doing an awful lot barring like the root notes that's true so you might as you might as well dance around like that's a fucking that's, like, I mean, the same token that's why that's why bobby doll also had like moves that he would do i'm like that's so unnecessary yeah. for you to do all of this weird kicking stuff that you're doing but he's like <laughs> oh he's the bass player of poison he's not you know he doesn't have a lot to prove but uh oh and then and then of course you get you know uh, robin crosby who was like the big sexy mm. <laughs> that's you know and then you had and then you had um home dude on the drums what's his name bobby blotzer bobby blotzer i don't know why his name always just eludes me but um he always seemed like kind of a goofball like a, of the group yeah he seemed like the dude that was the most goofy out of everybody i love that in the round and round video you can barely see him unless he jumps up to choke the symbol <laughs> and sits back yeah. down and then he's just hidden behind this fucking wall of toms <laughs> yeah speaking of that round I, and round I, is on out of the cellar my number one album and it's that's a fucking quintessential 80s hard rock song like if you were gonna make is. you know top 20 hard rock songs of the 80s round and round should fucking be on there because it's, it's gonna be in there even even if steven doesn't tell you why um it doesn't matter <laughs> which is another that's another rat song <laughs> but either way <laughs> it, it's all part of the mystique you gotta remember that's you true know? That's true. It's you, you can't give it all away at once. Yeah. Give yeah. it yourself away. There you go, man. But Steve, <laughs> Steven's just all about about the vibe. He's all about the vibe with his vocals. He's like, he's like, what? What's it? If he's we like, out uh, here. 
<laughs> he's from <laughs> we out here. We vibing. He's like he's like uh, he's like he's like Jason Lee in uh, an almost famous where he's like he's like I get people off. I find the one person in the crowd that's not getting off, and I make them get off. <laughs> I think I saw like a I it was like one of the most ridiculously eighties interviews I've ever seen with anyone. But I think it was in like a, a rat home video. I don't know if it was the uh, detonator one, but there is one from earlier on and he's like he's there and he's got like a cigarette or so it's been a long time since i've seen it but he's like yeah so i was gonna drive like race cars <laughs> you know, it's like talking about like he, he'd done like racing in in cars and shit but he was like nah i just decided to be a fucking rock star instead i'm pretty sure that i think that was on the first one which i think is called rat the video yeah, um, and it's got like that's the that's the one where like I think it follows them to like Japan when they're where they're treated like the fucking Beatles in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> um, which I guess that happened a lot with American rock bands back in the day. Like they would blow up and then all of a sudden go to Japan and everything. All of a yeah. sudden, you're you're massive rock stars. And, Hell, and Mr. Big had like a whole shtick around it. They they would release live albums called like Roll Like Sushi. <laughs> And they did quite a few of those, didn't they? It was like well, Mr. Mr. Big, yeah, I think Mr. Big is still. I mean, I, I don't think they're a band anymore because the the drummer passed away, unfortunately. But um, oh, I think shit, that yeah. they, I think they remained massive in Japan. Hmm. Like that's, I mean, that's the one. That's the thing is that like you know other countries it continued to embrace rock and roll when you know, you know our countries you know were taking a hmm. shit on it. <laughs> so. Sad state of affairs. Yeah, but 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 you know. It's, it, but anyway, that's that's that's. I'm done talking about out of the cellar. That was my number one, um, which that nice. didn't change. I believe that was my number one back when I did my old ranking. But a lot of the a lot of the middle part of my thing kind of shifted around a little bit. Um, but yeah, there you go, rat. Um, what, noise. Three, two, one. Yeah, we did it. We're always a little off from each other, but you know, it's, I, I, my, my end, my end was, I know you're probably on board, but the, the technology of us being overseas from each other, everything's always a little tiny bit off. Don't worry. I heard it as it will sound in the final cut. When the you, podcast, you but in the, in the video, we're going to be off and it's going to sound awful. Oh, cause there's no, there's no way I'd, I'd have to, I would have to do a lot of fancy editing. Maybe I will, maybe just for this occasion, I'm going to edit that together to where it looks like we're right on with each other. Yeah. I like that. So, did, did, did I do it folks? <laughs> I know I did it in the podcast world cause that's fucking easy. Um, the podcasters like, really, the, the, the podcasters really get a, a better product than the video people do because not only is the editing better, but you don't have to look at us. And so I feel like, you know, it's a win-win situation right there. All right. Well, yeah. that's rat. We did, we did it. We did rat. Um, and I, Yay! I, 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 <laughs> I, uh, I, so yeah, I love rat. It's, they're one of my favorites from the eighties. Um, I, I honestly put them above, uh, Motley Crue. Um, and, um, hmm? I mean, I can't think of another More band. Consistent. I can't think of another band from the eighties the hard rock band that I think I like more than rat. So um, there you go. Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> Rock and roll is going to set the night on fire. That was their hit song. Yeah. 
<laughs> although, like, although I, I saw, like, they're, they're still around. I say they. It's a band with the original lead singer still doing Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> but he, but the dude can still sing. So I'm just like, good on you, man. Because that's, you know, that's the one thing that, like, really, like, makes it, it makes me want to see some of these bands if the vocalists can still pull it off. That's why, like, I'm, I'm still on board with Bullet Boys because Home Dude can still f- sing like fucking crazy. Um, yeah. Some like, that's of them the can thing. Still do it. You set such a high bar. They they set such a high bar in the eighties with like their vocals, and then some of them looked after their voices, and some of them really didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and you know some are in better shape than others. You know the, the whole. Vince oh, are we Neil talking about Vince Neil here? <laughs> well, he he's a, he's a he's an example that comes up a lot, and you know I, I'm with you. It's kind of low hanging fruit at this point to kind of dog on him. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, I I hope he can, you know, somehow get in, in a bit better shape and be able to perform better. But that's for his that's for his own sake, you know. Yeah. Above all else, at know, the end of the day, I, you I, know, if if nobody bought tickets, then that would be mm-hmm. the end of that. But um, yeah, and look at this right at the very end, right at the very end of the episode, your mic is, is getting farty. Is it farting? Yep, it is. I don't know. Okay. I might. I might just keep this in the episode, just because <laughs> this is how it happens with our with our uh, our fancy, not so fancy microphones that we use. <laughs> I have no idea what you were just saying. That's my. That's my. It's so weird because not only does it get really distorted, but then it also has echo to it too. So it's 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 fucking weird. But see this, see we're I'm leaving this in for everybody watching because like you know we give you more value for your m- money or your time. <laughs> I've, I've I've tried turning the uh, volume down in an effort to see if it was a feedback issue. No, nope, it it's is just com- it's it's completely now, muted at this point. But now it's going away. Now it's starting to because it does that. You give it a couple minutes and then all of a sudden it sounds normal again. What a, what a strange thing we encounter on this show. Yeah. Attack I mean with the farts. I, I mean with my microphone, I have to restart my computer every time we start to record because all of a sudden I'll be out of sync. And so yeah. I have to So it's just you know technology is I mean honestly if if we both were more serious about this, we could spend 300 400 dollars on a microphone and probably wouldn't have the problem we do, but we <laughs> we bought the low end yetis. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we reap what we sow. <laughs> I guess this is not the lowest that you can go with, with the Yeti mics, but you know, it's, um, Hey Yeti, you want to sponsor us and send us some good shit? So then we can talk, we can do some ads and be like, listen to how good we sound. Endorsement. 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 See what I'm saying? How we went off? Yeah, that's it. That's technology folks. Anyway, you know, this show has ended in a really lame way. <laughs> it's been, it's, been, it's uh, we're, we're already done and yet we're just still hanging on, not really talking about anything, not even an interesting tangent about it's weird science or anything. Post rat clarity. Yeah. <laughs> this is just, you know, this, we're, we're just winding down. It's the cigarette after sex, I guess. We're just, you know, yeah, I don't smoke. So I'm going to have a sandwich <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah. So with, with so because of that, thank you. If you guys made it through that whole farty, uh, distorted microphone thing, then you are a, an ultimate peanut butter platypus. And if so, yeah. why would you not want to equip yourself with some good merch uh, from the merch store, uh, myspreadshop.com. No, oldhead.myspreadshop.com, something like that. If it's in YouTube, look down below. Go buy some shit. Um, <laughs> I swear I thought you were going to make a Yeti endorsement joke there for a second. Like, I mean... <laughs> I, I, one one of these days we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a sponsor and we're gonna get to do those cool live ads that the other mm. the other cool podcasters that's why we're never gonna get it because I couldn't even say the word <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> wow, never gonna happen. New print, little yellow, different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people only do things because they get paid, and, and that's, that's just, just really, really sad. sad. <laughs> I All can't right. think about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. We, uh, I, I'm sorry, I went backwards from where you were. Yeah. Anyway, next time we'll be doing an entire uh, reenactment of Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> no, actually, next time we won't even be here. We're taking a week off, folks. After Yo, this, I, re- I know, I know, sh- we just, I know. We, oh, go we, ahead. What were you gonna say? I was, I was just gonna say we should do that. We should print off for both of us the entire script of Wayne's World and just quote it back to one another. <laughs> That'd be funny as fuck. I'd love that. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll work on that. But yes, next week. Unfortunately, I know I know we took several weeks off, and I'm and, and we were gone. But now we're going to be gone one other week. Um, I got family things. I gotta I gotta be involved in. So we're gonna take the week off, but then we're coming back uh, with another band discography after that, and um, it's gonna be a uh, uh, a fairly big one, um, and uh, and one that you know I think a lot of people will be excited about. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that, so this is it for rat peanut butter platypus to those of you who are still here, um, in this sort of weird meandering ending where I feel like I should have already ended it 10 minutes ago. But, um, I, I was thinking then I was going <laughs> to like, I was, I was thinking that I was going to leave it a little thing here that would say, Hey, uh, being as we're going to be off for two weeks, listen to this in like, listen to one half this week and the other half next week but then i just realized if they're at the end of the fucking episode then they've already listened to the whole thing here's here's what you do (laughs) go back and listen to this again next week because you probably missed a lot of the nuances of our genius comedy tangents so yeah um, or go back and listen to shit from the beginning (laughs) we've done fucking 70 some shit like that a lot of episodes we've done of this show um, a lot of shit. Anyway, all right. So that's it. We won't keep you here any longer. Get on with your lives. Um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, it's been lovely. Thank you for listening to Crankton Rankton. As usual, I'm going to throw it over to Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. Later, no. <laughs> I don't know how to do this.